Hey, what's up, everybody? Pat Flynn here, and welcome to episode 182 of Ask Pat. Thank you so much for joining me today. As always, I'm happy and super stoked to be here to help you by answering your online business questions five days a week. Cool. Now, let's get to today's question from Spencer. Hey, Pat. My name is Spencer Sherman. I'm from a website called sanctifiedmarriage.com. It's a brand new website. And one of the things with our website is we want to make it highly visual um, for our readers. And I'm not a graphic designer or anything like that, but I am familiar with the website like Canva and PicMonkey and stuff like that. But I really want to create uh, unique, um, high-quality images that are you know, that aren't subject to like copyright and are royalty free and all that kind of stuff. So my question for you is, because I know this is something that you're big on right now, um, is creating those uh, high, um, those engaging visuals on your websites and blog and podcasts and all that kind of stuff. So how are you doing it? Where are you getting the images from? And kind of how are you, how are you creating those? If you can kind of go step by step, that would be fantastic. All right, Pat, appreciate it. Thanks for everything. Bye. Hey, Spencer, what's up? Thank you so much for the question, and congrats on the new site, and it's really cool that you want to make it visual. I think that's a great way to stand out. I know a lot of people in all different niches that are really using the visuals to help enhance the user experience on their site, and of course, the visuals are really important for social sharing on Facebook, on Twitter, especially on Instagram, and if you're, I mean, for your particular niche that you're talking about, you know, marriage and and things like that, um, you know, which I assume is going to have a quite a large amount of, of females in the audience. Uh, Pinterest is also a very good place. So, of course, visuals are very important. And before I start talking about sort of how I go about it, I would definitely recommend that you get a theme that helps you promote those visuals on your website and within your posts. And there are different ways to feature different images on sites and things like that. So I would go through and make sure you are implementing a theme that allows you to put the visuals in, the, in a way that you feel would be useful and, and beneficial for your audience and also your brand. You can go to places like Woo Themes, that's W-O-O themes.com or Theme Forest. Um, there's also some skins for frameworks like Thesis and, and, and things like that, which are uh, you know really good and will help you more visually express the content that you have on your site um, in, a very, in a very interesting way and all different kinds of ways. And once you pick a theme, you'll understand sort of what the sizes are of the different images. For example, if you go to my site, it's a custom theme on the thesis platform. It's a, it's a custom skin. But if you go to, for example, the podcast page, you'll see uh, visuals for each and every individual blog post. Those are implemented by utilizing the featured images um features images section in my WordPress editor. So when I put up a new blog post or podcast episode, there's a space where I can add in that image and I know exactly what the size of it. And, um, you know, I work on it in Photoshop and then drop it in there uh, once it's done. And um, so I'm not going to tell you exactly the dimensions because that doesn't matter for you guys right now and anybody listening to this. What, what matters is, okay, you have to understand the sizes that you need for your blog post, for whatever other featured images you have. Perhaps there's some space on the homepage, like a slider or something like that, or thumbnails on your homepage as well. Once you know those sizes, you'll know what files to create if you're going to be working in Photoshop or 
whatever the case may be, wherever you get your images, you're going to know the right size. For me, this is the process I use. So for those images there, and and I do have Photoshop experience, and you can actually, through lynda.com, learn how to use Photoshop. Um, But there's a lot of great great places to pick up Photoshop as well. You don't need Photoshop. I think you even mentioned a couple of the tools already, canva.com and picmonkey.com, where you can get a lot of these images that you can then use on your site and not have to worry about, you know, royalty-free or any of that stuff. Um, But I get an image that I feel relates and will sort of enhance the blog post or the podcast episode on a stock photo site. So there's a couple that I want to recommend to you. There's um, dollarphotoclub.com, where each one is $1, which is really cool. The one I'm utilizing now is called Deposit Photos. Dot com And uh, the reason I'm utilizing that one is because when I subscribed to AppSumo, they cut a deal with Deposit Photos, and I was able to get 100 images that I could download for about 39 bucks, which is a great deal. AppSumo runs some great deals sometimes, so subscribe to them if you'd like. But there's other ones like iStockphoto.com. You could download those photos and then plop them into Photoshop, and you won't have to worry about you know, any rights or anything, you know, paying royalties or anything like that. Um, just make sure that you read all the terms and stuff of, of the image that you're downloading. You know, I would be careful with going on Flickr, for example, because there are some that you can use without um, having to worry, but uh, it's hard to tell sometimes and you want to go through Creative Commons and even then you still have to give people credit most of the time. Um, I do have a blog post that uh, we'll link to in the show notes, hopefully. It's called... Um, the ultimate guide to finding and using images on your website. And that has a lot of information in terms of where you can get images and how you can use them and what's right and what's wrong on Flickr and things like that. But anyway, on depositphotos.com, say, for example, the post is about my monthly income report for the next month. So I'll find a really cool image. And I already have one that I use each month for the monthly income report. So I'm not going to find a new one each time. But, you know, I would go on, on deposit photos and type in something related to that, like, you know, bar graphs or calculator and computer or whatever, you know, just to have some sort of symbol, you know, you know, some sort of symbols in there that represent, a, you know, a report or, you know, money or something like that. And what I do is I plop that into my master file that I have in Photoshop. That is the master file is basically just a file that I open each time. That is the template that is the right size for that for what I need for these posts for these featured posts. And um, that way I don't have to start a new file each time and remember what the dimensions are and and all that stuff. It's already there. So I plop that image in there and I kind of resize it till it fits. And then I start to add text and I I, I add text. Um, I I have a a very specific way that I add text, Um, not technically, but just in terms of what you see that a lot of people have, you know, really liked lately. And so I'll share that with you. It utilizes two different fonts. There's a block sort of lettering type of font, and then there's this cursive type font. And I use the block letters to emphasize the main points of the, of the blog post title or the podcast title. And I use the sort of cursive uh, font for like the smaller non-important words like and or it or the things like that it really makes it pop and the the what you know where i got inspiration for that was actually through slideshare so if you go to slideshare.com you can actually look at a bunch of different slideshows find the most popular ones find find ones that seem to have a great design um, and then you can sort of use that as inspiration for your own that's where i got that combo of using the two fonts that i love the most which is Prox, proxima nova and pacifico the pacifico is the cursive one proxima nova 
is the sort of block letter, letter one, and that's what you'll see on Smart Passive Income. So that sort of creates this sort of font language that I have on my site that um, is the same every time. That way I don't have to worry about finding new fonts for each in, in, in a, uh, individual image. But um, it also creates some sort of consistency and congruency throughout the site. Um, and I also use the same fonts on my slides for... Uh, public presentations as well or public speaking so that that's how i go about it and sometimes i'll also include graphics that aren't from depositphotos.com or iStockphoto, but they're actually graphics that i make myself sometimes they're photos you know if they're photos that you take yourself with your own camera then you don't need to worry about royalties and anything like that and you can maybe just find some creative way to organize or arrange things in your home if they're related to that i would assume that on the uh, based on the topic that you're going to be um, creating here there's a lot of pictures that you could use from the home that could be uh, worthwhile to take for your blog and um, you can also create things on uh, tools that you have on your particular computer like um, pages or Word or, you know, I like to use uh, pages because it allows me to do different shapes. I can easily drag and drop images and create little flow charts and, and, and diagrams using pages. It's sort of like the Mac equivalent for, for Word. Um, I, you can also use Keynote or PowerPoint and then just take a screen capture of that and plop that into your blog post as well. That's a great, great tip um, that you could use to uh, in terms of using software that you already have to create some interesting graphs to again enhance the blog post that you're already writing so that's how i go about it so spencer i hope that answers your question and um, I, I i look forward to checking out your blog and seeing what it looks like awesome thanks so much and ask pat t-shirt is headed your way for those of you listening if you have a question you'd like potentially featured here on the show just head on over to askpat.com you could uh, ask right there from that page Awesome. Thank you so much. And I do want to end with a quote today. And today's quote is from Johann Wolfgang von Goethe. And he says, to think is easy. To act is difficult. To act as one thinks is the most difficult. Cheers. Take care. And I'll see you the next episode of Ask Pat. Hey there, thank you for listening to Ask Pat 2.0. Now you might've noticed that we haven't published a new episode in a while. And that is because in 2023, after 1,269 episodes, we decided to sunset the show, for now at least. And this way we can focus our energy and efforts on our other podcasts and other projects. That being said, all 1,269 episodes are still live and downloadable, and the published dates may be old, but there are still a ton of questions I've answered on the show and people I've coached. Those episodes are just as valuable as they were back then. So you can also visit smartpassiveincome.com slash askpat to dig through the archives. Plus, there's a search tool on the website that lets you search across our podcasts and blog. And of course, the Smart Passive Income podcast is still live and energetic and awesome and publishing twice a week. So make sure you're subscribed there so we can still continue this conversation. And we have some of the foremost experts and thought leaders in entrepreneurship on the show every single week. So you definitely don't want to miss it. Again, check it out. It's the Smart Passive Income podcast. Just find it wherever you're listening to this podcast. You can find it there as well. Thank you again for listening in and I'll catch you in the next one. Cheers.